Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get it, get it, get it! For your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is. Let's go! MP on the mic. JMU this weekend against ODU. And that's where I want to start with James Madison football uh, here on MP on the mic on this Tuesday morning because everybody has realized that this this is a cause now. This is a thing now. After JMU defeated Marshall on national TV last week, they're undefeated. They're number 25 in both the polls this week. They've cracked the top 25. And... Uh, Luis Lucas, she is uh, she is a member of the uh, Virginia Senate. She's a big deal in the Virginia Senate. She has a fancy title uh, that indicates that that she runs the place there in the Virginia Senate. And uh, she was uh, ang- president pro tempore, by the way. She's president pro tempore of the Senate. Was angry tweeting at JMU or at the NCAA yesterday about JMU uh, get getting getting fired up. Uh, let me remind the NCAA they're required by their charter to follow state laws where they operate. If they continue to hold JMU football hostage to a technical rule and stop them from competing in the postseason, they will face a very unfriendly future from our legislature. Uh, and then we've got at Charlie Baker. Charlie Baker is the guy at the NCAA who runs these things. Since you are new, ask around about the legislative help Virginia has had to give your organization over the years. I can think of a number of issues y'all have needed help on. Virginia will go to war on this. All right. Woo. That's a lot there. Virginia will go to war on this. Get JMU into the postseason. Luis Lucas fired up. Now I'm fired up too. It's uh, she's wading into the fray. Uh, we had already had a letter from the uh, attorney general. That's Jason Miaris, uh, who officially petitioned the NCAA to let James Madison into the college football postseason. And uh, the NCAA is, is not budging so far. Uh, Baker sent a, a letter back to the Virginia reps that we, we have rules for a reason. Um, so let's let's dive into this, right? So JMU leaves what used to be called 1AA, now called the Football Championship Subdivision, and moves to 1A, now the Football Bull Subdivision, plays with the big boys, 
Now, they, they have the rules. you got to agree to the rules. And the rules are there's a two-year transition period where for two years uh, you can't uh, be eligible to play in postseason games, in bowl games, for your conference championship, things of that nature. And to be honest, it's not a thing that's come up often because teams that go from smaller conferences to bigger conferences do not often dominate when they get there. Often that is a process of years of growing and finding better players and better facilities and better coaches to prepare to play at that level. But not not JMU. JMU's dealing. They are undefeated this year. They're in the top 25. Now, there is also a waiver process. The NCAA allows you to apply for a waiver to skip the two-year waiting period. JMU applied. They pointed out that some of the rules are, you know, hey, you have to play a certain number of bigger school teams each year. They met all the requirements in year one. The year they jumped, they went straight to the Sun Belt. They played a full season of of FBS football. They met all of the two-year criteria in one year. So you say you, you got to wave you got to wave the second year. Well, NCAA as they do is dragging their feet. But credit to Virginia's legislatures, they I mean, these guys see a see a good cause coming down the road. They know a good cause when they see it and uh, they're they're jumping on this. We saw this in North Carolina earlier this year, right? Uh North Carolina legislature sent send an angry letters getting uh getting Tez Walker eligible to play for the UNC football team. I'd point out, didn't do them a lot of good on Saturday, did it? UVA beat them. But it it's an easy cause. I think you'll hear lots more of this in the coming days because a politician loves a cause where you pick on somebody out of town that basically has no downside because everybody agrees. You're going to have a few Old Dominion fans. We've, we had to follow the rules. Okay, your team was 6-6. Six and six. That's very different. Very different than what what we've got going on here. This is a team that's legitimately one of the 25 best football teams in the United States of America. This is a team that legitimately can hold its own and, depending on how Air Force does the rest of the way, could be, I mean, could be the best group of five team in the country, which means they get a spot on, on New Year's Day, they get a spot in the New Year's Six Bowl games automatically. And that's not something that comes along every day. Even if JMU sustains football success for a long time, that doesn't mean they'll be at this level forever. That doesn't mean they'll be in this top 25 spot every year. Because there's a lot of teams fighting for those spots. This is unique. This is special this year. Uh, and, and it's not a given they'll keep winning. Old Dominion, 3-1 and one in the Sun Belt. They're coming to town this weekend. Homecoming game, 8 o'clock Saturday night. Monster football game there. But it's 7-0. and Every time they win, there's going to be more and more momentum behind this. People look at this and they say, okay, so you got the transition rules, which if a team is padding its schedule, if they're only playing easy teams, those wins shouldn't count towards bowl eligibility. Sure, we can agree with that. If a team goes from a bigger conference to a smaller conference, of course, that team should not be eligible to go beat up on the small schools and win a championship. But you've got a school that did everything the right way, planned its transition, made a great transition, has a great coaching staff in place, has done nothing but win football games, and you're going to lock them out because, I I mean, the only reason I can come up with is because we're the NCAA and we say so. Virginia will go to war on this. Man, 
I wish she had said that at a podium so we could play that clip all the time about everything. Get, mobilize the National Guard. We're going to war over James Madison's restrictions in year two of the FBS transition. Let's go. All right. <laughs> uh, a little other JMU football news yesterday. They added Louisville to their schedule in 2025. Uh, that moves their game against Virginia Tech to 2026, with Tech, which Tech signed off on and approved of. So that's good news for JMU. They got some good schools rolling through here over the next few years. JMU uh, is going to play Louisville in two years, te- uh, Virginia Tech in three years. Uh, it does leave the Hokies with a pretty sad slate of home football games for the next few years. Uh, our friend Andy Bitter over at Tech Sideline tweeted this. So, you know, per the contracts that are available, here are the non-conference home games for Virginia Tech. Next year, Marshall and Rutgers. And look, they could lose both of those games. Those are return games from games they lost this year on the road. Hopefully they're in a better place by next year. I think they're in a better place now than they were when they played those games earlier this year. But that's, I mean, that's that's not exactly fire up the band, says sell out, sell out Lane Stadium situation. 2025, Old Dominion, Wofford, Vanderbilt. And again, Vandy ODU has probably, probably about their competition level right now. Uh, 2026, Old Dominion again, James Madison, as we mentioned, and VMI. That's at least fun because that, that's a state title right there. Uh, JMU, Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, VMI. Uh, you know, t- so Tech at the end of 26 will have played VMI, Old Dominion, James Madison, and UVA after the rivalry game. State title, playing for the state title in 26. You know, at least somebody can win a title around here. Maryland drops by in 2027. That's that's your first big-name game on the Hokies' non-conference slate. Lots of college football action. You see the Jim Harbaugh story? Jim Harbaugh's story was wild. Uh, Michigan has bought tickets to opposing games and filmed other teams making their signals off the sideline. We'll talk about that later in the show. NCAA's got a lot on its hands, and NCAA is not capable of dealing with this. Like JMU's going to get held to their transition rules and Michigan's going to get a slap on the wrist. You just you just feel this one coming from a mile away, right? Like in basketball, like you know, some schools get the big punishment. Then you're like Kansas cheats its butt off for two years. Like, ah, take the banner down. If you take the banner down, we're cool with that. Don't uh yeah, don't don't sweat it too much. It's it's a rough time to be the NCAA. We got to step aside. I promise Chase Young thoughts. They're on the other side of this break. We're off and running. It's going to be a fun show today. 833-804-0910 on the listener lines. It's MP on the mic. You're listening to 910 The Fan. Now 105.1 FM. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. All right, it's only Tuesday, but I'm actually already excited for the high school football slate this weekend because it is a good one. Twin Bill, doubleheader, uh, high school football with Gary and Gary. Gary Hessen, Coach Chris here on 910 The Fan. Friday night, Hopewell at Thomasdale. Thomasdale uh, weathered an injury to their, their senior quarterback and is number two in the local rankings this week, the 910 The Fan CBS 6 high school football poll. Uh, Hopewell coming in at number 10, so a battle of top 10 teams there. And then Saturday, they're right back at it, 1230, right here on this station, right here, the game of the year every year, the battle for East End Supremacy, Verina and Highland Springs. That one coming to you from the Springers New Stadium. That's going to be a ton of fun. 
Uh, Highland Springs seven and one so far this year with the one loss to out of state or out out of area down down in uh, down in uh, Tidewater and uh, Verina six and one as well. Uh, that's a game you could throw out the records in that game. Well, then to borrow the phrase, you could throw out the records. You don't want to though. Uh, you wanna you wanna lean into those records. Uh, Verina coming in at number four in this week's. 910 the fan CBS six high school football coaches poll, which was released yesterday. Of course, Highland Springs number one in the area. So a super fun weekend of high school football coming up with our guys, Gary and Gary. You are listening to MP on the mic. That's this program, 910 the fan as well. Sliding to the pros for a second for some thoughts on Chase Young. And Montez Sweat and the trade deadline, because obviously the loss to the Giants accelerates this conversation. NFL's trade deadline is next Tuesday. We're one week away. It's Halloween night uh, is the trade deadline to finish up uh, any action. Traditionally, it's a very tame trade deadline. Lots of NFL players stay put. There's always more talk than there is action at the NFL's trade deadline, and understandably so. Because it's hard to move football teams in the middle of the year, right? you got to learn a new playbook, adapt to a new style. But we've got two interesting cases here in D.C. this year. Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And this is going to be particularly fascinating for what it says about the organization and how the organization is run right now at this moment. So start with Ron Rivera. I don't think Ron Rivera has any reason... Any good reason to to trade Chase Young and Montez Sweat. He's in a win-now year as new ownership takes over, as new ownership evaluates what he's doing, what he's capable of, uh, what the team is capable of, who should be re-signed, etc. Um, and, and there were two reports this weekend. Diana Rossini and The Athletic said that they'd, they'd called to take the temperature of the league but don't expect any action. Then Jonathan Jones on CBS. CBS had the the Commanders Giants game in his pregame report. Said he he does not expect any movement. Uh, at least no action so far on Chase Young and Montez Sweat, which makes sense from the Ron Rivera perspective. Ron Rivera needs to win now. Now these are two very valuable players. They've proven their worth this year. Chase Young had a two sack game against. The Giants, and it was a three-sack game, but the third one got called back because of a penalty uh, in the backfield on Jamin Davis. So it could have been a three-sack game. His numbers are great. He's only played six games this year instead of seven. He's still got five sacks. He's tearing it up. He's back to his defensive rookie of the year form. He's unquestionably peaking at the right time. ESPN said he's the he's been the best defensive end in football over the past month at winning pass rushes, and it shows on the field. This is what we've always known him to be capable of. He's an outstanding athlete. Montez Sweat playing some dang good football, too. I'll remind you, he is also a first-round draft pick. He also is getting after it at a high level out there, uh, earning his next contract. Now, Montez is a little bit, he's closer to, was it, the, the Preston Smith situation. Remember, Preston Smith rolled through here a few years ago. Great, great rushes, pressured the quarterback, hurried the quarterback, didn't have the sack numbers, ends up going to Green Bay where he finds the sack numbers, ends up being a steal for the Packers in free agency. Uh, I get the feeling that's more what Montez Sweat is. But both of them are on expiring contracts this year. Either of them can be franchise tagged. That's going to be pricey. It's going to be about $22 million next year. But they can be franchise tagged 
which means that any team that trades for them gets him for the rest of this year and has the option to pay them next year, which is essentially an exclusive bargaining chip. If you put a $22 million franchise tag on a guy, you're saying, hey, we want to work out something long-term. This, this is going to hold you off the market while we do that. Gives you the opportunity as the team to negotiate from a more favorable position. Setting the table with all that, there's no compelling reason for Ron Rivera to let these guys go because you're not trading them for other players. They don't, you know, they they have areas where they could use help, but they're not they're not going to trade Chase Young for an offensive lineman. That's not how this is going to work. They're going to trade him to a team that wants to make a playoff push and that will give them draft picks in return. So you're you're playing for the future now, right? It's a sign you're a seller, not a buyer at the deadline. And it's, it's an opportunity to accumulate draft picks for the future, at least ahead of you know, what's, what is probably going to be a really busy offseason. But here's why this is intriguing to me. The commanders have new ownership. There's new ownership in D.C., and they are playing for the future. A wild card appearance this year does not impress Josh Harris, doesn't do anything for Josh Harris. There's no compelling reason... For Josh Harris to say, well, let's keep our talent for this year. We might we might win nine games if things break right, if things go well. Josh Harris's incentive is, what will you give us for Chase Young? Let's do this. Now, at the end of the year, if he walks, there's a compensatory selection for Chase or Montez. If either of them signs elsewhere, that would be a third-round draft pick, almost certainly. So you, that's your baseline here. You wouldn't trade Chase Young or Montez Sweat for less than a second-round draft pick. Ideally, you'd hope for more. I don't think you're going to get a first for one year of either of them, and certainly not given Chase Young's injury history. I think Chase is still the more valuable of the two players. I think Chase has the higher ceiling for the trade upside. You can get more for him. I just don't see a way you get more than the second rounder. Ron's not dishing out a second round pick that he's not not acquiring a second round pick that he's never going to make in exchange for a guy who can help him win football games this year while he's coaching this team. That's silly. So that's why I'm excited about this in the coming days because we're going to see how hands-on Josh Harris's team is. They've been very hands-off by all accounts so far. That's what I've heard. That's what, I mean, people in the building say, hey, they are truly watching, observing, learning. They haven't made any moves. They haven't made any pressure to make moves. This would be the first opportunity they've got to really put their thumb on the scale and say, here's here's a move worth making. Here's a This is a situation where we need... You know, we need to think about the future and, and not the current. Now, in doing that, you de- you de- maybe demoralize this team, maybe demoralize Ron. I think it's far more likely nothing happens here. But I'm intrigued because I think there's the possibility, I think there's the chance that this could be a, a big franchise-altering moment. This could be a big moment here where the, where the ownership says, all right, we're in this for the future, and that'll communicate what we already know, that this is Ron Rivera's last year, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that as the trade deadline approaches. I'll plenty more to say about that throughout the week, obviously, as well. It's Tuesday. We need to play the panic button, so we'll do that when we return. You'll want to stay tuned. 11 o'clock, Jim Hobgood joins us. He's the co-host of Who's Talking right here on 910 The Fan. Got to get him to weigh in after a monster UVA win this weekend. Hang around at noon, AWOD Radio down in Charlotte at ACC Basketball uh, Women's Media Day. Virginia Tech Hokies, obviously, the talk of that event should be a fantastic uh, year for him. A lot of, For them, a lot of excitement 
behind that. Right now, we'll step aside, though. Back after this, you're listening to 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh, Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Run for your lives. It's time for MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... MP on the mic. Eleven o'clock in the great city of Richmond, Virginia. I am MP. I am on the mic. We are live. Around the city and around the world on the free Odyssey app with the rewind button. Hit that today. 910 The Fan is the place to be this fall. We are the home of the Hokies, and uh, Hokies women's basketball will be one of the main topics on AWOD Radio today at noon. He'll get you ready for a really exciting season. They got early season games against both Iowa and LSU, uh, really two of the great Programs in college basketball right now, two of the great stars in college basketball right now, Caitlin Clark and obviously Angel Reese and everything she was able to do last year. Hokies, of course, a name themselves after a Final Four appearance last year. So we'll look forward to that on AWOD Radio today. Let's not sleep on the Commonwealth's other program, though, uh, the Virginia Cavaliers. And there has not been much to talk about with UVA football so far this year, but that all changed on Saturday when this happened down in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. May standing in the pocket, hit as he throws, and it is picked off! Did he get it? It's picked yes! off! Virginia yes! Got it! James Jackson! Yes! James Jackson! James Jackson! Holy wahoo! The first top ten road win in program history! And they have burned everything Carolina built right down to the ashes. We uh, we we were celebrating that one yesterday. Nobody better to have on, and I'm excited to bring on for his MP on the mic debut, uh, a friend of the program, a friend of the station, and the co-host of Who's Talking, all right here on 910 The Fan, Jim Hobgood. Welcome. Hey, Michael. Good to be with you. I uh, hope you're doing well, and thanks for having me on. Well, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on, and, and you know, I, I've been waiting a while. Wanted to have you on the show, obviously, right out of the gate, because you've always been very supportive. I've always loved who's talking, but I, I felt like it wasn't the right time after the losses were just kind of mounting up, but we finally got our window of opportunity. we we got to run through it here. Uh, what, what were you thinking when, when you saw that score on Saturday? Well, I was watching TV. I didn't hear the John Freeman radio call. He, uh, John got pretty excited there. And uh, since, since I'm an old-timer, uh, he was an intern back in the day when Mac McDonald and I were doing the basketball games. So uh, he's really come a long way. But, yeah, that was, that was an exciting moment, uh, uh, a great hurry I guess you'd call it almost a quarterback sack by Paul Akir and then Jackson makes the interception it uh I think we were all a little nervous uh just under five minutes when uh, Mike Hollins yes looked like he was about to score to make it an 11 point game and he fumbled the ball and unfortunately uh went all the way through the end zone and 
I think uh, I probably wasn't the only one thinking, "Uh oh, here we go again. You know, you don't necessarily want to give the ball back to Carolina. And it's funny from a strategy standpoint, you'll probably remember Virginia had the ball with about two minutes to go. Carolina was out of timeouts. I think it was like third and four from maybe their own 40 yard line. And I'm, I'm sort of thinking, you know, do you roll the dice and, and, try to find a short little pass to get the first down because if you get a first down there, the game's over. They played it conservatively, ran the ball, didn't make the first down, and gave the ball back to Drake May. So you were you were still still a little concerned uh, until that fateful play with the uh, almost sack and the interception, which sealed the deal. But, I, you know, it, it was a great win for uh, Tony Elliott and the team. The thing that really impressed me as they were playing was the effort, you know, for a team that's one in five, they really played hard. Uh, You can tell, and this is a credit to the coaching staff. The kids have not quit. Uh, They keep trying. They're, they're clearly getting better as the season moves along. So we'll see what happens from here. But as many have said, the schedule's not easy going forward starting 3.30 on Saturday uh, down in Coral Gables. Well, you're not kidding. It's, it's a brutal schedule down the stretch, which is why we were so happy to, to see him get that one. And, uh, yeah, it was a heck of a radio call there. Uh, John Freeman, who obviously back back in a dream job for him, love, love hearing him being able to make that call. And uh, heard a little Tony Covington hooting and hollering in the background as well there. Uh, you know, tons of fun, obviously. I, I think... Yeah, I agree with your assessment, and, and just broadly, this wasn't a game they lucked into or they backed into or anything like that. This was a game they, it, I mean, honestly, they had more more reasons to lose than to win with the fumble, fumble out of the end zone and, and turning the ball over and everything that went against them. They still scored a lot of points. It was, I mean, the heart and the soul, and, and um, to come back and, and find that ACC win had to have been a, a just a really gratifying moment for everybody involved with the program. Yeah, and I mean, Tony Elliott uh, has come in, and he's gotten some criticism, and including from me. Yes, me too. <laughs> about, I'll raise my hand. <laughs> about, uh, you know, wanting to run the football, and I, I, I've told people, you know, he, he wanted to bring the uh, Clemson offense to Virginia, but he didn't have the Clemson offensive line. But the, one of the great things about Saturday was the balance. You know, they had 228 yards rushing, 208 passing, which is, you know, most football people would tell you that's ideal to have that kind of balanced attack. Uh, Musket has shown that, you know, not only is he efficient, he's willing to run the football, even though he's got a bum shoulder. So he clearly is a great Great competitor. They have a nice balanced running attack. Two good receivers with Malik Washington, who had, you know, I think that touchdown that he scored, he got hit by four different people and still found the end zone. So that there was a lot of desire, a lot of competitive spirit. And, um, you know, when people are working hard and they're competing, you, you do like to see them uh, get the satisfaction of a hard-earned win like that. So, and, you know, Carolina, I always tell people, you know, for Virginia people, uh, you want to win every game, but the two games that really matter are North Carolina and Virginia Tech. So, <laughs> they're, 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 you know, if uh, somehow they manage to beat Virginia Tech, which they do about once every two decades, you know, they uh, they might – put Tony Elliott in the lead uh, 
car in the Christmas parade in Charlottesville. <laughs> you know, we're not. If, if if you're only gonna get two, those 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 are the two to get. That'll 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 keep you around for a while for sure. Yeah, you're half you're halfway home now. You know, but, uh, <laughs> the Hokies are always problematic for Virginia for some reason. But we'll see what happens at the end of the year. It's true. He's Jim Hobgood. The show is Who's Talking on nine ten The Fan. Uh, you can listen to that right here and on the Odyssey app, of course. And always love hearing uh, what he and Frank Maloney have to say about what's going on. And as as this week is ACC basketball media day this week, we can't do a a UVA segment without mentioning the Wahoos on the court as well. And you tell me if you agree with me or not. You know UVA is not in the preseason top twenty five, and I kind of like it when people sleep on a Tony Bennett team. That that has. That has been historically a, a good thing when people uh, are maybe thinking this this will be a down year for the program. He's he's done some of his finest work. No, and I, I think they have the potential of being pretty good, as you say. It's uh, media day, I guess, for the men on Wednesday. My expectation is they'll be picked fourth, uh, which is not too bad, you know. Uh, but you know, Tony has won or shared six regular season titles in the last ten years. And he's clearly on his way to Springfield, Massachusetts. When he attains the ripe age of 60 years old, you can't, if you're an active coach, you can't go into the Hall of Fame until you're 60. So he's got a couple of years or uh, about six years before that happens, unless he retires, and we don't want that to happen. But yeah, you know, but on the other hand, they, they do have a lot of new players. You know, they really only have four guys coming back that were, that even got on the floor last year. And that's true of college basketball anymore with the portal and everything else going on with NIL. Uh, I think a lot of coaches, including Coach Bennett, probably probably doesn't like the new era of college athletics, but it is what it is, so you have to deal with the reality of it. And some of it will be, uh, you know, they've got Dante Harris and Jake Groves, who are coming from major conference basketball, uh, Harris from Georgetown and Groves from Oklahoma, but the two kids, Rhodey and Minor, are coming from mid-major conferences. They played very well in those conferences. So you, the question is, will they be able to bring that kind of level of success to the ACC? And that'll be one of the question marks. But with Reese Beekman back, uh, Ryan Dunn is a future NBA player. You would think McNeely's going to have a step up. So I, I think I think Virginia's got a chance to be really good and. Uh, have another opportunity to get beyond the first weekend uh, in March this year. I, I think it's going to be a ton of fun to watch, and uh, we know you guys will be there all the way. Uh, you give give everybody the briefing on uh, who's talking and, and how they can listen and what, what you guys have cooking these days. Yeah, we're uh, Monday nights, uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, this is year 15, so Frank and I have been doing this for a while, and uh, I always tell, tell people, you know, before who's talking, I was in this little basketball niche. You know, now I've expanded my horizon. You know, I joke with people, I'm Mr. Football now, you know. But <laughs> at any rate, you know, we cover all Virginia sports, certainly with an emphasis on football and basketball. But uh, we even were talking about the recruiting on the men's swimming team last night. So you, you got to cover all the bases. But, you know, uh, Virginia's really good at those Olympic sports, you know, swimming, tennis, and stuff like that. So we got to cover that as well. But it, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it, you know, gives me an opportunity to sort of keep my foot in the water, having been an athlete at Virginia <laughs> a few decades ago at this stage. It's hard to believe how long ago it's been. But nevertheless, it's it's a lot of fun to do. And 
you know, I'm happy to have you, Dawn. You, you've moved from the written word to the spoken word uh, <laughs> with absolute ease. So congratulations on the show and always enjoy not only talking to you, but listening to what you have to say uh, Monday through Friday. Well, I appreciate that. You made the move from the court to the mic as well. We all we all meet here on 910 The Fan. It's, it's the place to be these days. Thanks for dropping by for a segment. And uh, Jim Hobgood, who's talking, is the show uh, right here on 910 The Fan, 105.1 FM, and, of course, the Odyssey app. And uh, as we say in the radio business, we got to step aside for a break. It's what we do around here. This is 910. That's right. We know how to pay the bills here. Uh, we'll make sure we do that. Thank you, Jim, for joining us. Uh, you guys stick around. Plenty more on the other side. It's 910 The Fan, not at 105.1 FM. This is MP on the mic on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Eleven twenty-seven, and we are thrilled to welcome in friend of the program, Legacy Maker Sports Network, Darrell Owens. What is up, man? Hey, hey, how's it doing, fellas? How's everything going today? All right, look, th- things are good here. We're having a good time. Um, you know, lots, lots of good stuff happening in the world of sports. Uh, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of great things to ask you about here because that was an ugly, ugly football game Sunday in the Meadowlands, man. What happened? Woo, boy, wasn't that thing ugly? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was hard to watch at times. I mean, I mean, you were there, like I said. Um, I think for me, watching it, especially after the Atlanta game, I, I fully expected them to come out with that same energy for the most part uh, offensively. And they just never got it going. And it just, even when they scored that point, even when they scored the the, the touchdown you know, in the third, I was just like, you know, it had the vibe of last year's game. I'm like, man, we're about to go into another, uh, another overtime game. And I kept telling my colleague on the sideline, I'm like, yo, this is going to be a uh, it's gonna be another tie. He's a man, don't say that. I said, that's the vibe. I that's mean, what I said too. Like, <laughs> like both teams don't want to win, so that's the vibe right now. That's yes. Yeah. If they had scored that touchdown on the fade to Terry and, and kicked the extra point fourteen fourteen, nobody was scoring again. It no I mean they, they scored the commanders scored one touchdown when they were given a twenty one yard field. Um right. I can't imagine they would have scored in overtime, but it was it, what depressed me was you mentioned the Atlanta game, it was so good, you feel like you're turning the corner a little bit. And, and man, if that wasn't just everything we've worried about all year, the offensive line collapsing, Sam Howell taking sacks, not getting the ball to the playmakers early. Uh wasn't, wasn't great. No, no, not at all. And and I think what makes it well, there's a couple of things. You know, like the Giants could have put it away on that Thibodeau oh, man. that he should have had. I was I was standing there like directly at him. I said, Oh, that's a pick six and he dropped it and I'm like and I I said they don't want to nobody wants to win this game. They just hoping that it doesn't happen. And so uh but yeah, the offensive the offense to me just was was so stale. Uh, and they never got things going. Uh, you know, I fully expected, you know, to see like a really good day from Brian Robinson. And, then, you know, Ryan, I don't remember even seeing Brian get the ball that much. Um, you know, I know they, they ran with Chris Rodriguez uh, quite a bit, which, you know, it's good to see the developing another back in there. But it just – the offense just felt so stale. And it just was like – I don't want to call it boring, but it felt boring. I was like – 
where's the excitement in this game? Like, this is a division matchup, and it was just really non-fun football. And I hate to say it like that, but it just was like, we got to get this together, man. But it was it was hard to watch. Yeah, it was hard I, to watch it. Back. You score seven points, it's not going to be fun football. And, I mean, Tress Way is the only guy uh, who was getting a lot of, a lot of action. He went down there. He, ten punts tied his career high. That's you know, just every every drive seemed to be a little something. Uh, we got Darrell Owens, Legacy Maker Sports Network. You know, I always ask you about the pack too, and I, I, it's not any happier over on that side, man. That was that was a, that was a brutal loss too, and uh, taking it to Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Hey, you know, I, I'm going to tell you this about the, this Green Bay team. They should easily, I don't say easily, but they could be five and one. And the problem is they've lost three games either in the last possession. They lost three games in the last possession. One of the games they had a fourth-quarter lead by 12 points. The other two games, uh, the last two against the Raiders and the Broncos, against teams that they could, they, they could beat. They could definitely beat. Uh, and both drives, uh, on those final drives, Jordan Love was having a masterful drive. He was hitting all of his uh, targets. Everything was smooth. I'm like, okay, this is looking good. And then on both games, he did the exact same thing. He tried to take a deep shot, and he underthrew the receiver, and there was an interception. Both games, the exact same way, with a chance to win, uh, with the final possession. It was like with 30, 40 seconds left in the game, almost, I think, in both games. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of Packer fans want to be like, oh, man, it's over. And I'm like, hey, guys, look, it's, it's still early. But he, there's some things he definitely has to correct. But I feel like offensively they're not opening it up. And the defense has done their job for the most part. The offense is just not – they're just not doing what they need to do. What, what's the seven-week read on Jordan Love from, from the Packers fans, from you? Is, is, there, is there the thought this is still a long-term thing? Are people starting to, starting to doubt? Is, is that creeping in at all? From what I'm hearing, uh, for the mo- it, it's, it, the doubt is there. But that, that's any – for me, I definitely feel like the way sports work now, you know, we, we've got so spoiled with the quarterback coming in in the first year and, you know, the couple of quarterbacks that come in in the first year and they do their thing and it's like, man, we got all the hope in the world. You know, when we grew up, you know, quarterbacks took a year or two before they even started. And so a lot of these quarterbacks don't have that luxury nowadays. Uh, and now he had the time, but it's still his rookie year, in my opinion. I tell people, it's like, it's his rookie year. Give him time to grow. Uh, and unfortunately, people, uh, they're starting to get tired of it already. I'm already hearing, put the backup in. You know, I saw Clifford from Penn State, put him in. You know, he reminds me of Brett Favre. I'm like, look, <laughs> the guy, the guy's a second-string quarterback for a reason right now. And Jordan Love has shown shown glimpses. It's, it's just going to take time. But you, there's no patience in today's society. <laughs> there's no patience in today's society. So. Man, we, we could fill a nightclub with guys who remind people of Brett Favre. Like, anytime anybody's eyes a gunslinger, he reminds me of Brett Favre. Like, that, that's got to be, like, the number one quarterback comparison out there. Like, I don't even think it means anything anymore. Just, like, if a dude ever makes a play. Taylor Heineke, ah, oh, reminds me of Brett Favre. Like, anytime anybody ever makes an off-schedule play, Brett Favre, second coming. <laughs> Every time, and then you know, it's funny when you said Taylor. Taylor was the first one that came to oh, mind. Oh yeah, and I was like, yeah, it's like, oh, he's got the Brett Favre in him, and I'm like, okay, that's cool and all, but <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's, nobody wants. Like, let's look at it statistically. Who wants to be the the leader of all time in interceptions? That's, I mean, a Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, who wants that? <laughs> who Not wants that? Who wants to be the greatest interceptor of all time? Is that the case? Vinny Testaverde should be in the Hall of Fame. He's number two all time. 
Man, I, I, I think we're going to see NFL history this year with Sam Howell. I think he's going to set the sack record because yeah, I, I don't think they're going to go away from him. Ron Rivera said yesterday they're going to stick with him, let the young quarterback grow. You nailed it. You know, young quarterbacks have to take their lumps. But that dude's getting beat up. I, I, I don't see any way he doesn't set the record unless he gets hurt at this point. Oh, he's he's like if he stays healthy, he's easily going to set the record. And I hate to, I don't want to be negative because I really like Sam Howe. Like I, I really think he could be uh, maybe not the guy, but has a chance to be the guy. I will say he could be and a guy. I, I, he could be a guy. <laughs> and unfortunately, he's not. Um, he's he's been you know beat up so much. Every time he gets tackled, I I wince a little bit. No pun intended. Um, and so I was just a little bit, and I said, man, they they've got to find a way to protect him, or he's it's going to be really rough on him. I'm surprised he's taken as many hits as he's taken so far, and been able to just you know has really shown any signs of even being nicked up a little bit. So he's he's one tough kid. He's one tough kid. I got to give him that much. That that dude that dude has taken forty sacks this year. Keeps getting up. hasn't hasn't missed time. Uh, yeah, I do, just much respect to Sam Howell. Like, I don't know if it's going to work out for him in the NFL or not, um, but I, I know that that, that dude can, can take a hit. And uh, he's, made, he's made some great throws that you know, you, it make you, makes you want to keep giving him chances. You see him make those throws to Terry, and you say, all right, got to stick with this kid. we got to keep giving him chances. And I think Ron Rivera will keep giving him chances. Um, but it's, it, it's, uh, it's hard out there, man. It's, it's a grind out there. We got uh we got Darrell Owens, Legacy Maker Sports Network. Uh, what, what are you guys cooking up this week? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, we got A10 Women's Media Day on Thursday. Uh, we got a couple of uh, people down at ACC Media Day for um, basketball. So it's that's kind of the biggest thing we got going on. We'll have uh, a couple people out at uh, the the big ODU JMU game that's going to happen this weekend. So. We uh, we'll have that going on. It's 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 going to be a little bit busy, uh, but I think the biggest thing for myself would be uh, Women's Media Day on Thursday, and then uh, of course heading up to uh, heading up to uh, FedEx on Sunday. So that's what that's what it's looking like right now. Commanders Eagles round two. Unfortunately, <coughs> excuse me. Unfortunately, you're going to have to deal with just as many Philly fans up there as you did in Philly. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be packed, uh, and not and not in a good way for <laughs> and not in a good way for Washington. I mean, the, the last couple of games I've seen, um, the last couple of games where I've seen the Eagles fans, because they come deep. Like b- b- besides them and yep. Dallas, over the two two franchises, no matter what, they come strong um, in those scenarios. So yeah, they're gonna be ready. Uh, and this stretch really just—I know you probably feel the same way, Mike. This stretch of games where, in my opinion. They should have at least they, – they could have won all three. Should have won all three. Yeah. Uh, had the opportunity to win all three. No question. Uh, and then they, they really put themselves in a bad spot. Now you wind it back four. They could have beaten the Eagles uh, up there in uh, in Philly. Exactly. Not, maybe not should have beaten the Eagles, but could have for sure. It's they, uh, they, time, to t- time to turn around. No yeah, doubt. The opportunities, the opportunities were there. Um, and they and they just they let it slip through their fingers. It's going to be tough. The, the schedule does not get easy from here. New. Seattle, Seattle, Miami, San Francisco, the Cowboys, it gets ugly from here. So uh, you can only hope for the best for them and hope that they can figure it out because it's going to be a really rough, really rough go at it 
here for the next couple of weeks. Really rough go. No doubt. We appreciate you spending some time with us on a Tuesday. I look forward to having you back in the studio. Uh, good luck out there. Darrell Owens, folks, Legacy Maker Sports. Thanks for dropping by. Hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, y'all. I'll see y'all soon. All right. Off he goes. And, yeah, he nailed it. It gets, it gets harder before it gets easier. For the Commanders, you've got uh, you've got the Eagles on tap this weekend, and I don't think that's uh, that's a gimme game in New England either. The way they are playing right now, it's uh, you know we talked about this earlier. You know, this Chase Young situation, there are going to be teams calling to inquire about Chase Young ahead of the trade deadline at on October thirty first. That's next Tuesday. That's a week from now. If they lose to Philly, they're three and five. The schedule gets harder from here. Ron's not incentivized to trade Chase Young. Ron Rivera has no upside in trading Chase Young to get draft picks that he's never going to get to make, if we're calling this what it is. But Josh Harris may have a lot of good reasons to trade Chase Young. If you think you're not signing him to a long-term deal, if you've decided either you're rolling with you're rolling with Montez Sweat or you're letting them both walk or whatever it is, or if you've decided you're rolling with Young, you trade Montez Sweat, your value's never higher than it is right now. The value's not going to get higher on these guys than it is at the trade deadline now for one of these teams that's convincing itself, this is the year, how can we add one more piece? How can we make that push? And there's a ton of teams out there in that situation. I mean, just look at look at the list of bona fide contenders right now. There's a lot of teams out there that, that would, would push the chips in. Second round pick? I don't think it's unthinkable you get a second-round pick for Chase Young. I think a first is probably out of the question. Maybe maybe a really good first or, or a first and a swap somewhere else. I I find it hard to believe you're going to get a first for one year of Chase Young, you know, or, or 10 games of Chase Young or whatever that might be. But if you can get a second for Chase Young, I think you got to look into it. I, I think we all understand what this season is. I think we all understand what ownership is. Now, they have not meddled so far. Josh Harris and his group – they have stayed out of it, stayed out of business, um, let Ron Rivera do his thing. So I, if I had to guess, I'd guess Chase Young won't be traded. But I, it's, a, it's a fascinating discussion, at least. Uh, and, and it's an interesting back and forth to have. You know, we, we've criticized the owner for so long for being involved, but now it's a new owner. We think we like him. We think he's smart. Maybe he should get involved. Maybe, he's a, he, maybe he should put his, his thumb on the scale. And say, look, we can get value for Chase Young. My new GM's going to want that value. Maybe he'll pick a second rounder who sticks with the team for more than three games. I don't know. It's not something that's happened in Washington for a while. I wouldn't know what to do if it happened. It's a it's a fascinating stretch for the commanders for sure. Uh, we got our eye on baseball too. Another game seven tonight. Phillies and the Diamondbacks. That one's going to be a ton of fun out there in Philly after a big win last night for Bruce Bochy. And the Texas Rangers, uh, he guides three teams to the World Series, has now won his last six Game 7 elimination games. Uh, not not Game 7, elimination games. Uh, Dusty Baker, meanwhile, has now lost his last seven elimination games. Uh, it's uh, That's a pattern, and uh, that dates back to uh, when the Astros lost to the Nationals in Games 6 and 7 of the World Series. Those were home games as well tons going on in the world of football the world of sports if you missed anything on today's program uh get hit that free odyssey app hit the rewind button uh roll it back uh, enjoy our thoughts on jmu chase young uh and everything else going on out there when we return it is time for charlotte crosstalk we have we have this is 
Crosstalk with AWOD Radio from ACC Women's Basketball Media Day in Charlotte, North Carolina. We will uh, take take our uh, take our finger, put it on the pulse of the action down there in Charlotte. Uh, get a feel for the scene down there with AWOD. Uh, should be tons of fun. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. This is nine ten. The fan now one zero five one FM. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. 